0: a little life out here. what the hell's going on out here it's a lot of fun keep it fun hello everybody welcome to the uk packers podcast as usual i'm your host at on twitter and of course follow the group at uk packers and this is gonna be a doozy this is gonna be a doozy i think everyone is just suffering from uh just everyone's bummed out packer's twitter is a pretty tough place to be packer's facebook's not much better packer instagram is a visual s show of uh despair and i guess it's why we're so divided now because an awful lot of people are saying "Geez, i've really went into it haven't i um you know why we're so divided right now um Is because some people are trying to be too positive. Some people are trying to be too negative. Um, But it all comes down to some pretty obvious narratives. I put out a meme on the group account that just showed John Cena. I think it's John Cena. I'm not a WWE or WWF. I don't know what federation it is. He's getting the lard kicked out of Manny Bay by about 10 dudes. And at each dude, I have kind of like Sack McCarthy, Feed Aaron Jones fourth and two punt and have all of these things but everyone the the common denominator is is that everyone's pretty peed off trying to keep this pg-13 here uh now i'm gonna put this podcast out with probably a clickbaity uh you know i don't know some sort of headline that gets people in most people are gonna think i've got the name wrong i'm gonna call it something like well you know because you've clicked on it now but something like sack aaron mccarthy or fire mike rogers um but it's a tough place to be. But before we even get there, um, a, a bit of housekeeping. I'm going to try keep this to two seconds. Uh, we have links. We're coming up to Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and NFL Europe shop always have good deals. So if you go to our website, UK forward slash offers, you'll get 10% off, which includes those crazy deals. So you can get on and get whatever they're going to do, 50% off, and you can get another 10% off, which I'd like to say 60%, but it's 10% off, something that has 50% off, it, so it's probably 57% off. Let's just call it 60% and keep it simple. Um, so that'll be fun. Um, also, kind of kind of by accident um, and without telling, just to see what it would look like, we have a Patreon page now, and I'm not coming on to try beg for money, and I'll keep this again to five seconds. The deal is, we started a Patreon page. You can contribute if you want. It's up to you. Um, you know, whatever you want, a dollar a month or a pound a month. Uh, but to try sort of incentivize it and to give you guys something back and to thank you, I guess, for, for your donation... Uh, it's if you give us money we're effectively going to give it back to you so um if you commit to five pounds per month uh well then after six months we'll send you a t-shirt uh, which is retails for um, whatever we have it on the website for 20 or 30 quid Um. so you know after six months payments you'll effectively buy yourself a t-shirt right if you keep donating after that point that's up to you again thank you for that um and we'd appreciate it. but anyway i'm gonna move on the trip to Green Bay was fantastic. It was brilliant. So we went to see the Dolphins and luckily enough, the Packers had it all clicking uh, that day. I can't really remember because you know what's weird when you go to these games and you look at them live, you don't, I don't have that same analytical hat on if I'm not sitting in a sober press box looking at it and writing down about the plays and getting stat sheets and all the rest. So for the life of me, I can't remember exactly what happened. I don't even know the full score of the game, but great, great trip as always. Everyone was fantastic um there was jokes to be had inside jokes i guess this is a pretty sober on podcast in a sense because i don't know just with the amount of crap that's going on out there everyone calling from mike mccarthy's head and all the rest and stuff that i want to wade through because i don't agree and i get comments after the podcast a lot to say you know i was losing my head over this and thanks for sorting it out steve uh you know i feel a bit better about it now and The podcast was disrupted with the trip, so it's the first time that I've been able to get back on and really discuss some of the stuff that's been going on because in Green Bay, I would say, and from what we see on our own sort of group accounts, is that people are annoyed and they want Mike McCarthy to go and there's no other option, that it's all his fault. And I guess you can hear from my stance at the minute, you're going to go, oh, here we go. Steve's going to defend him, going to defend Mike McCarthy again. I'm not on here to do it. Uh, But what I will do is I'll use that last game, which there's an overwhelming there's an overwhelming thought out there that that last game was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for an awful lot of people, that they supported Mike McCarthy. But after that last game, it's just indefensible now. He needs to go and that's it. Now, I'll, I'll get this out there first before I start delving into stuff because I have a certain method to my madness. But what I will say is, is I'll answer that question now. Do I think Mike McCarthy should go? And the answer is yes. But not for the same reason that you probably think it is. I think Mike McCarthy probably needs to go because after such a long tenure, I think that a message can get stale. And I think that's what's happened here. I think that's the real crux of this issue is that maybe Mike has some really good play calls. You know, like we've seen that touchdown, the Aaron Jones touchdown, which is effectively like a Packers sweep action going on where the whole line shifted to the right. There was blockers out front and Aaron Jones washed into the end zone to do his shoulder brush and, you know, flexing with the lads. um, That's a really good play design. But what I feel is, is that Mike might have some really good play designs, the same as Louis van Gaal did uh, for Man United. But eventually, if pe- if you lose the locker room effectively and people just stop listening to you or your message gets stale, um, well, then it's just not going to work. It's like relationship syndrome, let's call it. And I'm, getting all, I'm putting all my chips on the table here. It's like a, a couple that have been together a long time and the guy just becomes this, like, lazy overweight no motivation have a dude and they break up and she the girl's telling him like come on you know exercise get a job do some good stuff and he just doesn't do it he's just a lazy mess but then after they break up he hits the gym he gets a job gets motivated and used this, this breakup as kind of the motivation to show her what she's missing like She's not missing anything. She was telling you to do this. and I'm not picking sides, being sexist against men here. But I'm just saying she was telling you to do all of these things and you wouldn't do it. But it took you to broke up for, break up for you to go ahead and do it. And so from you saying, oh, she doesn't know what she's missing. Yes, she knows exactly what she's missing. And she tried to get you to be that dude, but you just wouldn't listen. So the message was there, but it just wasn't getting through. And that's sometimes stuff can get stale, and that's people, and that's people relationships, and that's where things get stale. And that's what I think is is happening on Green Bay now. And I think we see that in Mike McCarthy's actions, right? And what the Packers organization are doing. Now, this is my conjecture. This is just what I think. So, like, I'm an Irishman who cares. But these are my two cents. I seen we saw where Dom Caper's going... I think ultimately what it might come down to is that Ted Thompson when and there's enough analysis out there on his draft picks and how much they have been busts at times and more often than not they've been busts, right? Or they've been drafting good players but playing them at a position because they just draft the best player on the board when conventional knowledge keeps telling us that's the way to go, you know, draft the best player and you know, it's like if you have him you can, you know, stick him in somewhere when we've seen that perhaps yeah, that doesn't work now. So that's what happened to Marius Randall, Micah Hyde. You know, there's been players out there that have been kind of shoehorned into positions that they might not have been good for. Um, Couple that with the fact that the Packers have done so well despite these issues and and got to the dance or almost the dance or the NFC Championship dance or the playoffs and got waxed within the first or second round. Which means that we've always been given a crappy draft pick so you kind of needed them to be on point and they weren't. So then the squad gets depleted and that's why we see Dom Capers hang around so much, right? Respect. God knows what he had in the coaches at some stage because it got to the stage where like, really? Are we going to stand for this? But then you look at it and you think, yeah, well, the defense, we had no cornerbacks. We had no safeties. Um, The defensive line was depleted. We're we're lacking stars there. We've got no pass rush. Nick Perry has a dynamite year. Then he falls off because of injury. And there was times where it actually didn't make sense to blame Dom Capers or coaching or Joe Witt. You know, and it did come down to injuries, and that's what we see every time. But then you get people saying, well, every team has injuries, but they still manage. And that can be true uh, in certain situations. We've seen it with the Eagles. They won the Super Bowl with a backup, actually a third-string backup quarterback. Um, And people say it as if like that's proof, when really Nick Foles had done very, very well uh, with the Eagles for the first time. He was going to break all these types of records. Some stuff didn't work around. They had Chip Kelly. I'm not going to get into it again. But I mean... There are excuses for certain things as much as we don't like to admit it. And I hate when that happens, you know, when a calamitous thing happens in work and you're like, yes, I have to take the blame for this, but I'm not making excuses, but, and you try to explain it and there could be valid reasons for it. Okay. And that, that's just sort of what I think is happening here. But anyway, we see this sort of fresh wind coming in. Mark Murphy says that, you know, Ted Thompson goes, Brian Gutekunst comes in, the Dom Capers goes, Mike Petten comes in, There's a shift around that quarterback's coach. You know, there's very few people left in the building at their original positions. That, you know, he gives them all fresh names. He says he's going to rewrite the playbook. I think that's Mike McCarthy's effort of trying to freshen the message without having to change himself. He's not going to give himself the P45 and get out the door. But that's up to Mark Murphy and Roy Gutekunst now as to what happens to Mike McCarthy. But I think at this stage, it's kind of shown that the message is stale. Now, that said, we brought the Rams very close. The Patriots game, there was an opportunity to win that game. The Vikings, I mean, you know, had we kicked a field goal, we would have won that game. So this Packers is very close from being a 4-5-1 or five and one team to being an 8-2 and two team and sucking diesel in the division because no one's running away with this thing so we're still close and then we look at the scenarios and we could all have egg on our faces because we win out from i don't think we are but we could win out from here on you know and then end up going to the playoffs and people looking at us like yeah some fans use are you know for sticking by us but if i may and if you'll indulge me right is let me dive into kind of first the defense and then the offense I'm not going to try bore people with an exact play-by-play of what happened, but I'm going to try highlight a point that I'm trying to make here because the narratives are fire Mike McCarthy, feed Aaron Jones more, and you should not have punted on fourth and two. They're the three narratives. They're the three reasons why people say we should sack Mike McCarthy. Let me throw in a rebuttal to all of these, but before I do it, I'm going to try to illustrate the point uh, by just running through the game, and I'm going to focus on defense first. Straight off the bat, the best opening that we could ask for. Carson gets stripped of the ball. Clay Matthews makes a good play. Blake Martinez is in on the play as well. He coughs up the ball. Only the second time in his career that he's coughed up the ball. Um, but I do believe that you've look you have to look into Carson and see how long has he been in the NFL, right? So that's the first stand let's call it stands. So the second stand by the defence, Seattle come out, they look to set up the run and the pass, some play action. There's great pressure from Matthews again and go pressure on third down. Seattle leave the field again on the second stand, but the defense with nothing. The defense come out again. It becomes a first and 15 for Seattle because of an offside. You know, these embarrassing, um, you know, offensive penalties for the Seahawks come up again and again. Um, but then there's, it's speaking of embarrassing, Rashad Penny runs for 30 yards because Clay Matthews gets embarrassed because he's bouncing around and can't get him. Uh, Josh Jones gets embarrassed, Carter Fackel can't make the tackle, uh, Tremont Williams can't get to him, and eventually he's ankle tapped by J.R. Alexander. Um so then we get a stop on third and nine, but Carson converts fourth and one with a run up the middle, I think. Um and then Wilson puts in a few duff throws and the Seahawks leave with a 39-yard field goal. Now that's the that's the defense's third showing, and to be honest, that all comes down to a ballsy move and a desperate move by the Seahawks to convert the fourth down. They've done really well this year. I think I think a stature in the game is like there were seven out of nine attempts, they've converted seven of those this season, which is incredible. They're the best run team in the NFL. They were averaging 153 yards per game coming into this. So it's no surprise that they did well when they tried to run the ball. And to be honest, it was just a good play by Rashad Penny uh, to embarrass all of our players to cause those missed tackles, right? There's no shame in that, I don't think. The fact that they you know they put in... Pardon me while I turn my page. Um, they've just put in a good uh, running offence all season. The Seahawks have. And they embarrass us on that play. It's really one big play out of all of it that kind of did the defence in. The defense's fourth stand after that. So again, Seattle have just came away with a field goal. That's it. We haven't given up the touchdown. Penny gets stuffed for a loss. Breland breaks up a pass. And then Moore gets brought down by Antonio Morrison pretty hard. And again, the Seahawks leave the field with nothing. Now, if that was the Packers, you could talk about play calling. Because all Seattle seemed to have was is the play action. Uh, you know, really good running backs who've got purchased now again, we're good we're a good way into the season now. So if they're averaging a hundred and fifty three yards a game, that's incredible. They're the number one Russian offense in the NFL. So it's it's only at the start of the second quarter that we see some absolute brain fart stuff from the defense so Carson gets a big run for about 12 yards the Seahawks they get their third offensive penalty for a false start sort of on f- first and 15 they get 14 yards to Baldwin Um it's a third and one and Carson picks it up straight up the middle which is just shameful but then Fackle gets a great tackle in on Carson but then Lockett comes down with a big gain but again that was in tight coverage. Um, so I can't knock the defense for that. It's just a, it's just on the money. Then Penny runs for eight yards, uh, which again is a bit shameful. Baldwin converts first down, um, uh, and then Penny gets another first down with a run up the middle, which again is shameful because they're getting so much of that up the middle, which is usually stuffed. But then Breland commits a face mask penalty, and then they're on first and goal. And again, you know, we do well on, on first down, Carson doesn't get it. Second down, Wilson would uh, throw it, it's too high. So, you know, our sort of goal line defense is doing okay. And then on third and goal, it's just a silly little lofted pass to Baldwin and the score becomes 14-10. So the Packers are still winning. Now, I haven't been into the Packers offensive side of things because I'm just focusing on defense at the minute. Um, So again, you know, up until this point, the defense were doing all right. And then, you know, between injuries and just little silly runs up the up the middle, you know, we we tend to break there. And then the Seahawks do some nice stuff with just on-the-money throws and tight coverage. Um, this is where I mentioned special teams. Trevor Davis has this blistering run past the halfway line, but that's wiped out by a holding penalty. Um, so back to the defense again. So we've no pass rush on the sixth defensive stand. And no pass rush. And we've got two defenders downfield russell wilson on basically like a hail mary just lofts the ball down and we have raven green and jair alexander and i can't remember who the um seahawks wide receiver was i think it was lockett um raven green goes and is draped on him and then we get a 14 8 yard penalty and we're down to the packers 22 so then there's a bit of play action which we have to respect because they're so good at running and then it's a we, they get it down to the fir- the one-yard line with tight end Van Nett. And then, again, Carson straight up the middle for the touchdown. But, again, we're still leading. And that's, it's three twenty two in the second quarter, and it's 17-14. Now, again, that defensive play comes down to a boneheaded play by Raven Green, um, who isn't a starter. He's draped all over him in double coverage. There's no need for it. It was an absolute throw-the-ball-up-and-hope-what-happens play from Seattle. Um, so again I think that comes down to one play one player one inexperienced player and not the defense as a whole because we're doing quite well but what can you do when you're backed up um, you know against your own end zone really trying to defend it next time the defense comes out for the 7th time 12 yards to Moore 9 yards to Davis you know they don't cover themselves in glory but then it's 2nd and 1 and Fackrell gets a sack and then Wilson cracks off a good run tries this crazy illegal forward pass and there's a 10-second runoff. There's two seconds left in the half, and that ends it. So in the first half, they've scored two touchdowns. Um, when when you look at how they got those touchdowns, you know, one of them's a face mask penalty, which brings them close. The other one, you know, Raven Green's draped all over them. Again, that brings them close. So I think really on assessment, the defense did pretty darn well against a team that has a fantastic run offense. So, end of the half, the Packers are winning. The defense come back out. Pardon me while I turn my page. So then the defensive eight stand, two Carson runs, they stuff him. And third down, it's batted down and Wilson gets sacked at the same time. It's a fantastic stand. Next time the defense are out, Fackerel puts Penny down for a two yard loss. Fackrell gets a sack and then Wilson goes deep, but it's incomplete and he's almost sacked on that play as well. He's sacked just as he lets the ball go. So again, two really good phases for the defense there. Um, And then the defensive 10 stand um, you know, Carson gets off a run, Fackrell gets another sack on Wilson, um, but he gets rid of the ball, and again, that's when the receiver catches the ball, Brown kind of leaves him open, it's a bad play, he gets his hands on him, the ball pops out, it gets challenged and it gets ruled to be a catch. Uh, So again, and then Brown makes a tackle on the very next one. Now Tony Brown, this is the guy who, you know, got ejected the last time for standing over got jarred on him, right? Again, not the starter, maybe he is now. um. So, again, he makes a tackle. He should put him down before he gets the first down. But, again, he lets him fall over and get the first down. Then there's a big gain to Baldwin on the sideline. He's wide open. That's just a busted coverage. Uh, Carson gets six yards um, after three missed tackles. And it's the end of the third quarter. So, they come back. It's a third and one. They tackle him behind the line. But he still gets by. Carson gets, you know, seven or nine yards then for a first down. Then Fackrell gets his third sack. And then it's third and 21. Because Seattle get a false start, um, so they have to settle for a field goal. So now we're down to 12 minutes and 14 seconds in the fourth quarter. It's 21-20, Green Bay still in the lead. So the defense again, you know, did pretty well apart from one busted coverage. So this is the thing that Dom Capers like to rule out. He like to rule out the kind of big plays, the busted coverage and all that kind of thing. We've seen that it's like we make a stand, 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 and then all of a sudden we give up something big. And that's kind of what happened here again. And again, it's with players who are not the starting players from the start of the season. They're guys that are just being plugged in there to try and make a play. Then if we look at the defense, and again, this is the last time that the defense got on before kind of junk time, before we let the game get away from us. There's two run stops, but Lockett makes a catch in really tight coverage for a first down. Then there's a long completion for Lockett that should have been challenged. That wasn't, that people are placing on Mike McCarthy. Then we get two stops, um, and it's third and nine and again an easy lofted pass to dixon for the touchdown and this is the first time that seattle take the lead and there's five minutes on the clock so the next time the defense get on is when we punt the ball away uh seattle crack off a run then wilson runs for the first down um then there's there's a throw sorry there's a davis run for a first down then it's a two-minute warning and they take any and close out the game now if you look at the defense as a whole I mean, we're doing some really nice stuff apart from some, you know, really boneheaded plays. So when Mike McCarthy punted that ball, what that obviously says is, and we all know this, is that he effectively would trust the defense to get the stop and get the ball back. And I can can see that there's some credence for that. Right, because the only time that we've really given up big, massive chunk plays wasn't really in the run apart from, you know, one of the very first plays, uh, one of the first busted plays by Seattle you know, where they get that massive run and, you know, Rashad Penny makes three tacklers miss. Apart from that, we don't see a massive run being broken off. They're just getting little chunk yards. And yes, that eats into the clock. But I can see how Mike McCarthy would see that we could potentially get the ball back because Fackrell was having an absolute game and fair play to him. uh, You know, he's, what's that, his second three sack game. So the defense were doing well. Now what we need to look at is we need to look at offense and see how the offense were doing because that kind of half answers like why would he punt it away now if the offense are firing and they're on all cylinders well then absolutely what a terrible mistake by mike mccarthy but let's have a look at how the offense were doing and whose fault it is you can see where this is going now the thing is yes i understand when i'm when i'm going to talk through this and again hopefully i'm not boring you with the play-by-play but i think it's making sense um first offensive possession jimmy Graham big gain happy days aaron jones hr gain on a run brilliant touchdown aaron jones really nice play design it's calling it packer sweep-esque second offensive possession an unreal play to Devontae adams uh then jones gets bottled up he doesn't go anywhere so all of this talk about feed jones he did well on the touchdown run but they stuffed him on this play and then it's a second and nine they get it to adams for a quick play and then on third down it's just a terrible play and a terrible play call and crosby misses the 47 yard field goal so that's the second offensive possession we don't come away with the field goal we just had the first touchdown on the first play the third offensive possession uh six minutes into the first quarter adams converts um a first down they're really nice routes really nice play call all the wide receivers stopped just short of the first down marker and and aaron had an awful lot of options there he picks Devontae, his go-to receiver and converts it aaron jones again on the next play is stuffed behind the line and loses the yard so again We've seen two run plays from Aaron Jones, both of them he's been stuffed on. Then we see a quick pass to Kendricks on the sideline. Then Rodgers runs for the first down on third and two. And then with the first down, nobody was open. He just pegs the ball away. Then he makes that unreal pass to Tanya when he's flushed out. So again, absolute clutch stuff from Aaron Rodgers. We see it having to go to the pass, having to go to Kendricks, having to go to Adams because Aaron Jones isn't getting anything really on the ground. Now he's becoming a passing threat later on in this game but when people say feed Aaron Jones as in pass it to him so far it's actually not working. So next on the offense road first down tight coverage it's incomplete to MVS but if you look at, back on that uh, fourth offensive possession there's two receivers wide open in the flat. Then they give it to Jamal Williams for a five yard run and then Rodgers is incomplete. Now he fires a pass really long over the middle but again Aaron Jones and Jimmy Graham are wide open in the flat. Um so this drive highlights that it's not the play call in this instance why we didn't keep the drive moving. Uh on first down and third down, Aaron Rodgers had options to get first downs on both of those, um, and he chose to go long or you know leather off a pass and tie coverage instead. So the next time that we see the offense, um, we're starting at around ten-yard line because of that special teams play that gets called back when really we should have been starting in Seahawks territory. Um, there's a quick pass to Adams for six yards. Uh, Aaron Jones gets a four-yard run, his first good run apart from the touchdown. They give to Aaron Jones again for another four-yard run, and then Aaron Rodgers is sacked on third down, and there's no option there again. Bad play calling. That one falls at the feet of Mike McCarthy. The next time the offense are out, passes to Jones in the flat for 15 yards. Now, if Aaron Jones can get 15 yards by getting a pass, as kind of a release valve. When we look back to uh you know the fourth offensive possession when that could have happened as well we could have got the ball rolling we probably could have put up points had Aaron Rodgers just dumped the ball off instead of trying to go for that long nothing pass in the middle of the field and um, he passes again to Aaron Jones and we're down to the Seattle 40 so Aaron Jones as he was getting open all the time earlier in the game he's doing it here and Aaron Rodgers is actually picking on him this time and it's great so then we have a pass to Adams for 12 yards Then we go to Kendricks for three yards and then a pass touchdown to Aaron Jones and it's 21-17 for the Packers. So again, it's like, you know, it's Adams-Jones, Adam-Jones, Adam-Jones the whole way. Uh, But we've seen that Aaron did miss some stuff, but that was a fantastic pass to Aaron Jones. And that's the end of the half. So again, some good stuff by the Packers, only on the pass. You know, we're not really getting the run moving. We've seen some four yard gains by um, the Packers, but not a whole lot. And in fact, at the end of that half, We have 35 rush yards, whereas Seattle have 106. We have 210 pass yards to Seattle's 106. And the penalties killed us in that game. In the first half, we had three penalties for 60 yards, whereas the Seattle Seahawks, even though they were giving away all of these offensive stuff, it was five yards. So it was five penalties for 25 yards. So to me, to look at that as a picture, the defense are doing pretty well. They're stuffing what they can they're making plays but they're giving up kind of these big chunk yards in in passing and tight coverage and all the rest and by and large we're stopping their run we're sort of giving away stuff up the middle but we're you know it looks like we can keep that stuff to a minimum when we look at the offense we're either getting explosive plays or aaron Rodgers isn't picking out receivers or running backs that are out in the flat that are wide open so after the half, then into the second half, if you look at the offensive seven possession, Aaron Jones on a two-yard run. Now, again, bear in mind, the argument here is this feed Aaron Jones. And for a while, all I'm seeing in this game, and he's a fantastic running back, and I love the guy, and he he just blew the game open uh, for the Dolphins. But in this particular game, he's not getting much, much purchase here. We've seen two and four-yard runs, and they're not guaranteed. We've seen him get stuff behind the line as well a couple of times. So it's a second and eight. It's a quick pass to Adams for four yards. And then Adams gets the first down. Then Aaron Jones gets a big run. His first big run of the game, but it's wiped out by an illegal block in the back. And then it's first and 20, and it's a one yard pass to Adams. And then he passes to Adams again on third and seven, and it's he throws a nothing ball deep. So again, that's on Mike McCarthy for not giving Aaron Rodgers um, the tools that he needs to make that play. So again, we see it's a mixture of Aaron Rodgers not making the throws, and um, plus Mike McCarthy's bad play calling. Next time we see the offense, it's a 47-yard pass attempt. So again, you know, we're not getting the short stuff. We're getting these absolute bombs. It's a 47-yard pass attempt to Adams. It looked like there was pass interference. We don't get it. Then it's a toss to Jones that goes nowhere. And on that pass, Aaron holds onto the ball too long until two defenders come in because he's literally staring at Aaron Jones, throws the ball to him, and it doesn't go anywhere. Then it's a third and 10, and there was two wide receivers wide open. But Aaron Rodgers holds onto the ball too long and gets sacked. Next offensive possession, Rodgers to ESB. He gets a first down and falls over. Aaron Rodgers holds onto the ball too long. Next, gets sacked. Then Aaron Jones has a seven yard run, his biggest one of the game so far. And then Rodgers goes down again because he tries to sell the play action, which wouldn't really work anyway because Aaron Jones isn't getting a whole lot in this game so far. He dawdles on the ball a bit and then he just gets sacked on third down. Again, I put that at the feet of Aaron Rodgers. And then the next offensive possession, Rogers throws the ball away when Jones was free. He completes the MVS, but again, Aaron Jones was free for a pass and would have got the first down, MVS doesn't. And then on third and two, it's that one that the ball sticks to his hand to MVS that he talks about at the press conference after. And it's at this point, there's 4-11 on the clock and Mike McCarthy decides to punt the ball away. Look at the offense before the punt. Rogers misses open receivers, bad throws, the off the offensive possession before that makes a first down gets sacked twice um and and dawdles on on third down look at the offensive possession before that a uh, big pass attempt adams doesn't go anywhere wide receivers wide open he can't get the ball to him and gets sacked again so if you look you know two three four offensive possessions before the punt the offense are absolutely going nowhere you know, if we're not sort of dumping the ball off to, to someone in tight coverage or double coverage and Aaron Rodgers is missing open, guys. Now, there's there's people out there that saying that Aaron Rodgers is doing this deliberately, that he's not buying into the play calls. He's over on the sideline getting pissed off and giving out to Mike McCarthy. He's He has more throwaways on third down than any quarterback in the NFL. His completion percentage is the lowest that it's ever been in his career. And people are saying that he's kind of doing this deliberately because he's disgruntled. He doesn't believe in McCarthy anymore and the two of them are annoyed at each other. Now, certainly I think these two lads can be at loggerheads. Absolutely. And I, I don't believe for a second that Aaron Rodgers will be doing this deliberately because that would be... I mean, that's the worst thing that a player could do to deliberately sabotage his team. And I don't for an instant think that Aaron Rodgers is going to sabotage his own team because he's pissed off at the head coach. Now, I have heard stories... In the likes of Man United. Where Louis van Gaal was sending out tape. Of stuff that he wanted these players to do. And they just weren't opening them. And they were going yeah coach whatever. And they were just directly disobeying them. And that's when you lose the locker room. But I don't think for an instant that Aaron Rodgers is doing it. I think that he's just missing these open wide receivers. Um, And look your guess is as good as mine. But what I will say is. Let's look at the narrative again. Feed Aaron Jones. That wouldn't have worked this game. And it didn't work when they did it. So all of these people. And it's really catchy. To say, oh, in the second half, Aaron Jones only got passed, only got handed off the ball six times. What are we doing here? And people are like, oh, my God, it's terrible. Like the thing is, is Aaron Jones works an awful lot of the time, and he's super dynamic, and he is an absolute star. But there are games where things just don't work, and that's why teams lose. We've seen the Steelers blow out the Carolina Panthers and in the next game have to get Big Ben to try reach over the line as big as he is to try snatch that win from the jaws of defeat because sometimes what you do in one game does not work in the other and the run was not working in this game. It was for Seattle at times but it was definitely not working for the Packers and Aaron Jones. Because as I've said, like many times I've read out, Aaron Jones stuff behind the line, Aaron jo- Jones stuff behind the line, Aaron Jones two yard run, four yard run. Now, we're in our own territory on that fourth down. So here's the dilemma that Mike McCarthy has. His offense is misfiring. Be it bad play caused by him, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers holding on to the ball too long, excuse me, getting and getting sacked or just not simply not seeing players open. And that's for the last like four possessions before the punt whereas the defense are coming up with sacks and, you know, they're doing their best. They're only giving up some big plays. So here's the dilemma that, that Mike McCarthy would have. There's four minutes left. Aaron Rodgers only really needs two. They have one timeout and have the two-minute warning. Mike McCarthy can go for it on 14-2. And if it doesn't work, you better believe that the fan base, as much as we say with hindsight now, that, oh my God, how did he not go for it? Even if the game was lost anyway give me a break we punt the ball away our defense gets it back Aaron Rodgers goes down scores a touchdown or scores the field goal and that's the galvanizing moment that we're hearing so much about in the media so Mike McCarthy had a choice he could go for it and he says oh I looked at the numbers and the reporters are saying who did you talk to like what numbers was and he's like it's not important and he kind of name drops Philbin and says well I was talking to him but ultimately it's my decision right um but when i look at it i think it's right because if he doesn't get it which the last plays that you look at looks like he's not going to get it well then he gives the ball away to seattle within field goal range so now we have to get a touchdown and in and you better believe they've got three downs to do it they've got four minutes and they're going to run the ball on every down and they're going to try try eke out as much time as they can kick the field goal and then they leave it up to Aaron Rodgers who would be misfiring to try get up the field and now he has to score a touchdown not even get them desperately within field goal range so you've effectively pissed the game away and if he did it you better believe that people would be like we had a chance punt it away trust your defense and we would have had all of these stats and analysis like I'm doing now saying look how good the defense was doing so he punts the ball away and instead of instantly putting his team at a deficit he punted as far away as he can and jk scott by the way on that punt did really really well no consolation to backer fans out there but then the de- it's up to the defense to get the stop if we get the stop there seattle are punting it away. if they get the f- you know if they get the field goal there like everyone says the game is effectively already done anyway and this was the chance that we had to make we had to make the gamble to kick it away as far as we can to try to get the defense to get that stop so that we can at least get a field goal and walk away victors now no, i don't want to be patronized and i think that i know more than anybody else or any of this type of thing but i'm just kind of fed up with that narrative because i think there are two sides to the story and i think when i looked at the game i could see credence in his decision you still might not agree with it that's fine who the hell am i anyway but i'm just saying it makes complete sense now would i have went for it on fourth and two um yeah why <laughs> Why not? I, but I'm I'm risk averse. You know what I mean. I I take on that risk and let let's just do it. Let's you know grab a bit of balls and go for it. However, I can see as a head coach who actually leads a football team and isn't just some paddy who sits at home on his on his couch eating Doritos watching the game, that it's all in the line, and I can see exactly why he did it. So anyway. I can see why he did it. So there's an narrative. Feed Aaron Jones. Don't think that worked in this game. You should have should not have punted. Should have went for it on fourth and two in your own territory. Not sure if we would have been as defensive had he lost it because we would have seen him as kind of peeing the game away. Um and then sack Mike McCarthy and like I've already said maybe that's necessary. Maybe the players aren't playing for him. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is looking at him and saying I don't believe in you anymore as a play caller. Um and that's why he's pegging the ball away because he's frustrated. Uh, Just a lack of scheme to get players open. And that very much could be a factor in this game. But all of this talk about it's bad situation of football. Yeah, definitely there's there's awful plays um, in this game. And they totally fall on Mike McCarthy. But at the same time, there are wide open receivers for Aaron to hit. And he's not doing it. There's kicks for Mason to be made. And he's not doing it and there's a a number of games this season famously that Mason Crosby had he just kicked these field goals we'd walk away winning and this would be an awful lot different had Aaron Hodgers made that throw to MVS and not scuffed it into the ground we wouldn't be here talking about this this would most definitely probably be most definitely probably how about that be a win for the Packers you know had Raven Green not draped himself on the Seahawks wide receiver they would he wouldn't have put them down by the goal line and our defense probably would have made that stand This really is a game of inches and it is any given Sunday, but I really don't think it's as clear cut as people are making out to be. And if I hear any more hot takes of anybody on Twitter just going carte blanche, a la carte, any type of French word you want and looking at stuff, this is the one that really annoys me when they say... I think the Packers' next coach should be someone young like Sean McVay, someone who's innovative and can come up with new, fresh plays because what Mike McCarthy's doing is stale. Yeah, I agree that Mike McCarthy's play calling is stale. We've said it for years now. We put out a meme and got dogged for it on our Instagram where we said third and one and I had a picture of Mike McCarthy's face and underneath it said Hail Mary because Mike McCarthy always tries to go for something that people don't expect. Instead of just doing a route, running and turn them back get the first down do it again run some slants do it again if the run is working keep going with the run just beat it down their throats until they, they get wise to it and then do play action and hit them with a big pass i mean these are really really simple fundamental stuff but either mike mccarthy thinks he's too clever for it um or he tries to it's like that and i've said this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago mike mccarthy seems to come up with you know let's not do a play that works let's do a play that's gonna make them thinking haha you didn't expect that one did ya? And that is absolutely true. But this BS talk of let's get a coach like Sean McVay. Let me just say, if there was coaches like Sean McVay, they would be employed by every single team in the NFL. Coaches like Sean McVay don't come around very often or at all. And the NFL establishment are very stuffy and the only gopher guys basically that are been in the game for a long time and like any professional sport that just keep getting recycled around teams again and again. That is true. However, there isn't a big massive busload of Sean McVay sitting outside Lambeau Field and every other stadium each week just waiting to be recruited by the Packers or by any team like the Browns who've just, you know, fired their head coach. Look at the Jets with Todd Bowles. You know, he's dime a dozen. The guy's like Rain Man and he comes from an absolute... I'm not going to say dynasty because I don't want to hype it up too much. But his grandfather was the general manager of the Niners when they were winning all of those championships back in the 80s. And he's been around football for forever. He was given his shot uh, by the Grudens at a very young age. So he's been exposed to football and training guys from a super young age. And all of this stuff has come together in this big cauldron to create Sean McVeigh. He's not dime a dozen. It's not very common. And it's a massive risk if you go and try to get a coach who's really, really young and really fresh. And yes, he might put an injection of something into the locker room. Look what, I'm not saying he's young, but Chip Kelly. Look at the stuff that he did. The Eagles were firing for a while. But all of that stuff falls away. And if you look at the weapons, and he meant the first round pick talent that Sean McVay has to work with, which is exactly the reason why he went to the Rams. We don't have that in Green Bay, and it's as simple as that. We have, you know, untested, undrafted players. We've late draft picks. We've draft busts. Um, we don't have a whole lot in the name of free agency. We've aging stars who aren't getting any younger, aren't getting any faster, aren't getting any more separation. And yes, we're absolutely peppered with injuries at the same time. So this storyline that, oh, I think we should get, okay, well, suggest to me then who we're going to get, who's that young coach that we're just going to pick up from nowhere. Like, yeah, you can come up with any sort of fantasy that you want, but let's try to keep it realistic, can we? So, okay, we sack Mike McCarthy. Who do we get in these plays? And it's like in work. I mean, if you go to your boss and say, I'm not doing this anymore, can't stomach this thing, this situation anymore, you got to sack this guy and that's the end of it your boss will turn around and say to you, okay, well then what do we do? What's the alternative? What's the solution? I'm not looking to tell me what the problem is. What's the solution? So yes, Mike McCarthy very much might be the problem. But what's the solution? But anyway, should we sack McCarthy? I'll leave it up to you. Should we have punted on, on you know, fourth and two within our own territory? Me? Yeah, I think we should have punted. It gave us the best chance. We lost the game. We probably would have lost it anyway. Should we feed Aaron Jones? Absolutely. Does Mike McCarthy do it when the run is working? No, he doesn't. And that's really, really frustrating. Was it going to work in this game? I don't think so. Did it work sometimes? Yeah, but it wasn't consistent. We weren't getting purchase on it. Now, we have the easiest schedule allegedly going forward. We are still in playoff mode. If we lose a game, you can kiss the season goodbye. I put it out of my own personal Twitter, at Steedy the NFL on Twitter. And I try to be more active on there, by the way. I'm making a concerted effort um so do follow me at steedy nfl and we'll have a bit of a debate i put it out there should we sack mccarthy and is the season lost i'm overwhelmingly no one said that we shouldn't sack mccarthy by the way and everybody said that about 90 percent of people said that yes the season was lost it's at this time that and hopefully this is the last sort of ranty podcast i said ranty with a t is that You know, let's just enjoy it from here on out, for God's sake. We're in playoff mode already. That's a really exciting part of the year, especially when you're in the playoffs. And look, we're in the playoffs. (laughs) You know what I mean? We're there. We lose a game. We're cooked. We're goosed. Right. And I don't want to hear any of this talk about tanking for the rest of the season. Screw you. We play balls to the wall all day, er day. Okay. None of this tanking talk and malarkey. I would absolutely accept if we lose the next game that we try to do something crazy and experimental. That would be fun hail mary's every play let's spice it up and make it interesting and at the end of the day lads let's not lose the run of ourselves let's not rip the face off each other it's only a goddamn football game and it's fun let's not be the spoiled packer fans that we are yes we can have a ramble and a rant i'm not going to tell you what to do but i'm just saying it looks bad let's just enjoy ourselves it's football it's something that we do recreationally of a sunday actually we don't even do we just watch the goddamn thing but anyway let me know your thoughts let me know if i've changed your mind. Hit me up at SteedyTheNFL on Twitter. Follow the group at UK Packers. Hit us up on Instagram at UK Packers because the memes are going to be coming fast and furious. Make sure you hit us up on our Facebook page. Um, if you want to donate to Patreon, uh, lash away, you'll be get, getting yourself a t-shirt. Um, UKPackers.co.uk forward slash offers. And look, I'll be at you again to do the preview show of a Thursday. Stay tuned. Let's keep it positive and go pack go.